Kraken Fancast, the podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another playoff episode edition of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleagues, Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk, playoff hockey talk, and uh, game games seven, games one through seven, uh, first round talk. And oh my God, folks, we're going in the second round. We'll get to that in a second. But for those of you who are new to our program, Kraken Fancast focuses on all subject matter about the National Hockey League's 32nd franchise, the Seattle Kraken. We analyze recent games, talk about upcoming uh, things for the team, go over team news, sharing our opinions on all sorts of Kraken-related happenings. Uh, we want to thank uh, big time our main sponsor, the Angry Beaver, which has been packed lately. God bless you, Tim Pipes, and your bar and, and the Seattle Kraken. He's doing a lot of business lately, understandably so. Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey-themed bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch it at the Angry Beaver. So, you know, guys, you know, I, I'm, I'm here with Jim and Nathan and guys, you know, I I don't want to, you know, ever expect anything. But I, I you know, I, I didn't know we'd be going this far into uh, the months here with uh, episodes, which is wonderful. This is a, a, a not this is a wonderful thing. You know, we still have a lot more to talk about uh, the Seattle Kraken, uh, just unbelievable to many. Uh, not, I wouldn't say unbelievable to us necessarily, but you know, we're, we're obviously pleased, but you know, not very many people predicted the Seattle Kraken to get past the first round. A lot of people like, we're just happy to be here. Well, be happy to be in the second round folks, because your Seattle Kraken have defeated the Stanley cup champions, defending champions, the Colorado avalanche, uh, four games to three in the best of seven series. They move on to play uh, the winner of the Dallas-Minnesota series, which was Dallas Stars. Um, the Kraken were the first expansion team to dethrone a Stanley Cup defending champion um, and uh, in, a, in a playoff series. Uh, this is their first playoff series victory in the short history. We're only in year two, of course. And... Uh, it's so exciting and so much has been happening and so much electricity at the arena and I've been away. I'm going to get to go to the games in the, in the second round, Jim, you've been, you've been there and I'm, I'm you know, want, we want to hear about your experiences, but uh, before we go into some game recaps, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, obviously there's some drama, you know, Jared, Jared McCann uh, was heard earlier um, you know, there, there was a lot of uh, chippiness, a lot of little controversies, one could say, uh, in this series. Um, it was a very hard-fought series, a very entertaining hockey to watch, even if you weren't a fan of either team. Uh, those were some great games. And um, here we are, boys, going to the Whoa. second round. Thoughts Whoa. on the games? Whoa. Yeah. So I guess you could say it's our very first rivalry, and it started at about game three here. Um, and it definitely finished on a rivalry note. Uh, and, you know, it's weird because I've seen this in the last two years grow at work with work associates. Just everybody's latching on right now. You can't avoid it. 
People are wearing crack and merch that have never been into hockey. People are still trying to learn the rules. Everybody's saying every day, man, I watched that game last night and it is intense. And I'm like, I've been trying to tell you for years, guys, what's up, man, get it going. And so they're locked in. Um, even Allison Lucan today, I noticed on her Twitter said she was at the airport between runs, um, Colorado and, and, uh, they said, or no, she was here. Uh, she was saying that the TSA security guy said, wow, all kinds of cracking gear rolling through here today. So it's everywhere. It's pretty cool. How happy are you, Nathan? I'm super happy. Second round, you know, that, that first couple of games, I know we've talked about them before, but I know what you're talking about, about, you know, an instant rivalry. You'd think it would be someone closer, Vancouver, you know, Vegas, LA, something like that. No, they left it all out on the ice. It was really, really entertaining hockey. And there's no better sport, in my opinion, than playoff hockey. It just, it's a different animal. It's everything with the volume turned way up. And we welcome people that, you know, haven't, even if you just started watching in the last couple of months or weeks and there's plenty of room we 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 welcome all fans even if you're not rooting for the crack and just enjoy hockey man playoff hockey is great love it the intensity is indeed killer and lots of i mean you can't have surprises in any of the rounds but sometimes the most shocking ones are in the first round not to not to focus too much on other things but of course you know Everybody, the talk over, you know, the last, you know, 24 hours have been how the Stanley Cup champs totally shocked and, you know, by a wild card team in the first round in seven games. Boston Bruins were the juggernaut all year, losing in seven games. And arguably there were some other ones, too, that either went further than people. I mean, Edmonton Oilers were looking like uh, they were, they had their hands full with L.A. I mean, there was, you know, there was... All the series, except for maybe one, maybe the Carolina and New York Islanders one. That one wasn't, wasn't so much, but every all of them have been different, and that's that's the thing, you know. You know, the regular season is nice and all, but everybody's zero zero from there on, and you've got these these eight, you know, these uh, these teams, these top teams that arguably there's not huge gaps between skill level. I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs and then you add to the intensity of the playoffs. I mean, you're right, Nathan. I, it's to me, I, I take this over March madness and some of the other stuff that's, uh, that's hyped up uh, in sports world and not to take anything away from those, but hands down uh, nothing more intense and, and um, ed, 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 at the edge of your seat worthy as, as playoff hockey. Yeah, you know, watching it for me on TV, um, this the the atmosphere in Colorado when they would be there was great. I mean, those fans are they love their hockey, and you know, my hats off to them. They 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 did well. Uh, but watching the games at Climate Pledge, I just I'm surprised that place didn't just crumble with <laughs> with how loud it seemed that it was. Um, I wasn't there for it. Uh, but I had the volume quite high on my TV, and it was it was good stuff. Great to see. It wasn't a seat yeah. in the house, I can tell you that. Yeah, we talked about that a little in the last episode. I mean, I was watching yeah. from afar. I'm watching the uh, national broadcast, and I was touched by how 
those guys were mentioning like whoa how loud and electric it was and you know let alone when a goal was scored you know they were saying how loud and electric was even even before any goals were scored and uh, G- jim you were at uh games three and four maybe we pick up uh where we left off a little bit that game game four was ot cracking coming up on that one uh three to two yeah that was um the first, you know, game three was a loss, and it was super loud that game. The first game here, it was crazy. I I'm, I will say that game four was not quite as loud overall, but when it needed to get loud, it was in the it was as loud as game three. And of course, there were big moments, and you know that's when the whole the hit McCarr hit and on McCann happened, and um, that caused a big ruckus. And you know that's and that's when the boo fest started too. Every time McCarr touched the puck, it was. Well, boo. he was suspended one game. Obviously, McCann yeah. been out ever since. McCarr yeah. Was Talk a little bit about that. What the hell was going on? It was you know the puck was long gone. There was a, this break. I mean, sometimes you see these hard hits and it happens, and sometimes it's a little questionable. That one just seemed pretty blatant to me. It was, but you know, look, we've all got our opinions um, on this, and it goes all the ways. So, I mean, it, he was quartered at the board. He wasn't facing the board, so they didn't call boarding. Uh, you could have probably called elbowing. You could have, it definitely called interference because it was a late hit period. You know, they claimed they didn't see the puck. It was up in the netting. Well, you, you can say that, whatever. It's first and foremost, it was a late hit. Probably, you know, they didn't suspend him. Uh, it got a lot of people chopped off. I, I think it's a questionable call, or they uh, they didn't suspend oh, him at first. They did. I mean, they game. did. No. I mean, pardon me. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't give him a, a major or nothing. They suspended him the next day. I was actually surprised. I really was. I thought they. I didn't think it was going to be. He has no reputation. I think you could break that hit down a million ways. It didn't have the classic boarding. Um. You know, and it just there it was. So they're missing a star, and he is a star. He's their puck moving D. He gets it going on every breakout on every. Uh, and it showed in game five, but um, no word on McCann, obviously. And they're not going to say anything, even if they know a little bit. So it didn't look very good, though. He was down. It it looked, you know, concussed type thing because his head did hit the glass. And then it hit again when he went down on the ice. And it looked like there was some, like, shoulder compression as well. He Who knows? You know, it could be bad. I don't expect him back however long our run is. Yeah. It um, you know, they and and yet they, you know, even without McCann, they 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 still they still went on the win. But it's kind of going back to what you're saying about rivalries. And I'm thinking just historically, and this is something this well, you know, see this is new to Seattle fans or most Seattle fans. It's it's true. Like when I think of the rivalries, it's always because of some playoffs. Boston, Montreal, Boston, Pittsburgh, sometimes that would get ugly, you know, or or Philly or Philly, New York. I'm just thinking a lot of those things, yeah, you can get get a get a rivalry during the regular season, but usually historically when I see that is because of some chippy ugliness, whatever, controversy, hard fought play, close games, whatever. It's in the playoffs, isn't it? It is. And like I said, you could see it starting at game three. I think I commented on Twitter, well, we've got a rivalry. First, you know, first one ever. But then game four with the hit, the injury, and each game had some type of escalation problem, what have you, you know, whether it was uh, the whole, the the look of from uh, McKinnon after he got ripped off 
thinking there was a trip between him and Borgen, and then Ty Carte went down in his first game NHL game and got that goal right after it. That look on McKinnon's uh, McKinnon. face yeah. was just just sour as hell. And it was that's all part of the rivalry right there, every bit of it, you know. So it just got better and better all the way to the end. There's a lot of hate now, you know. His 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 the look on his face was classic. That's like that's something somebody's gonna come up with some memes on from that one. Like the 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 the, the perplexing and pissed off look. Well, on his face. like Mike Mike from Sasquatch NHL said something that like. You know, Colorado's just acting like a bunch of moody teenagers right now. And they were. They totally were little pissy teenagers, man. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. You know, uh, for some people that don't know what cleaning house means, when the uh, whistle blows and that goalie's got that puck stopped and everything's frozen, when you got a player from the opposite team standing there. They were jockeying for position for that puck even after the whistle. And you could see when they were going to clean house and get – get the opposition away from their goalie and it was it was heated i mean sometimes it was taking 15 20 20 seconds just to get everybody off of each other you know i kind of enjoy watching you know people play with a chip on their shoulder but there's also times where it's like you know what come on just get to the circle let's go you know but i get it it's playoffs you know who the hell am i but yeah it's yeah. It's great. Yeah. Well, and then the Kraken, you know, obviously they started the series well. It's been a back and forth, back and forth series. Kraken all of a sudden are are, are in the driver's seat, three games to two. They win, they win game five, three to two as well. And then uh, we come to game six. Figured, you know, we've missed a little bit here. Let's let's maybe focus on game six and, and seven a little here. Game six, uh, you know, and that and they could have closed it out in Seattle. Oh, my God. Then the roof really would have, <laughs> but it was a, that was a, that was a game that Colorado just handily had. Vince Dunn, you know, Dunn has started off with an unassisted goal. All right, great. And then, you know, Rantanen, uh, you know, Lekkinen got two goals and Eric Johnson. I mean, they just shots on goal with 39 to 23 in favor of Avalanche. Other stats, the Aval- Avs, uh, you know, had over with, with maybe exception of hits, but, um, that was that was just a game that they, they yep. didn't have it. I was there, Trapper and I were there, and uh, I was all ready for that game six. Let's do this. I you know I've never seen an advanced series happen early on in the playoffs in in our own building, so I was jacked up. Everybody was. You could tell. You could feel it. Um, by the way, they expanded the beer garden twice the size. Like our request, we said, yeah. Oh. So that was kind of interesting. Um, that game, both Trapper and I said, you know what? It was a four to one game, but tr- truthfully, it had the feel that it could have been seven to one. It's just, I mean, Grubauer played well. He had a 921 that game. Um, our PK was perfect, zero for five. Couldn't ask for much more than that, you know. And there was a cool little record that got established that game, and that was his scoring first in a playoff game every game. That was game number six. Five was the tie. This was number six that set a record going back way back. Of course, that was before seven series in the NHL and Stanley cup. So that's pretty cool. But other than that, you know, letting in and ranting and we're doing their thing. And it was just, it was very frustrating to watch. And, and the zone and flow chart was just dominated by, by av- the abs. So it was very tough. You know, you're going into a building and think, Oh God, we can take this home. And then you walk out with probably, probably one of your worst games in the series. Actually, I think. 
yeah that was one that was yeah the, the, everything else was really great and that one that one was just flat and i don't know was, again this this cracking team has been more of a road team than a home team which we get to see the next night um you know they're in colorado i mean colorado obviously was you know death but they didn't want to you know they 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 were playing for their playoff lives in game six so uh and they're probably you know back at home maybe a little confidence maybe too much overconfidence who knows but um Bracken end up, uh, you know, scoring the first two. Oliver Bjorkstrand, what a game this guy had. Uh, he got both of the Kraken goals. Uh, Ranton and uh, eventually for the Avs got got one, uh, making it two to one. And um, and the, the, all, all the scoring in the second period, uh, nothing in the first or third. And uh, so it was quite a little defensive uh, back and forth uh, on this one. And, uh, man, um but but they held on. I mean, it was Grubauer played really well, and um, uh, you know it was uh, thirty. Yeah, I mean, stopped thirty three shots on that day. You know, 16, was, 16 incredible shots in the first period alone. High danger. Yep, I I was impressed. You know, this game that game was incredible to watch. It had everything you needed in a defensive structure battle. It was back and forth, but it was tight. Uh, everybody was getting pushed out at the right time. Um, both teams were playing that way. It was very intense. One thing, you know, one thing I noticed from about actually the whole series, but from four, five, six on is the third line, our third line of Gord, Tolvi, and Bjorkstrand, technically our checking line. You know, they were the assignment to McKinnon, Ranton, and the heavy duty boys. And even though those guys were producing, they were shutting them down as a line as a whole for the most part where one guy would have might've been able to get some tallies here and there, but that, that line performed beautiful in that series. Um, and that game, they really stepped it up. And also the decor Larson, Larson and Dunn, or I mean, Larson and um, Alexia, Alexia really stepped up in this seven game series. He was, he yeah. was boxing people out big time on the paint and Larson was doing so much board work from the blue line. It was so nice because when I was at the games, from the blue line in, he owns that wall and, and glass is moving. He, these guys were playing like they should have all year. And like you said, Nathan, the after the whistle stuff, they were taking care of business for the first time in the year. Just, you know, the extracurricular stuff, like not letting it get out of hand. And that game seven was every bit of that. And uh, Yanni Gord. Man, what a series he had! Really, when you break it down. Well, one, yeah, too, I, I just to add that, and I'll get to you a second, Nathan. Um, you know, a lot of the, you know, Avalanche had you know more of the shots on goal, won the faceoff battle, at which Kraken usually lose. But I'm looking this one stat is really well, two two of these stats are really you know to your point, Jim, about the defense. Kraken forty six to twenty three on over the hits, forty six hits. 29 blocks as opposed to abs having 11. Yeah. Whoa. That, that was like some f- physicality is a lot of the pundits like to bring up that they really stepped that up that game. Nathan. Yeah. Composure. Um, but I mean, it was game seven, you know, and they showed up, they like you, I, yeah, I was actually, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, talking about the defense, the hits, the blocks, I think Alexiak, I don't know the exact number. Uh, I don't have that right in front of me, but he took the brunt of a lot of those blocks. He just, his net presence, he was everywhere. He was making sure that he was doing everything he could to keep everything from going in. 
um, all around, everybody was doing really good. I even, you know, Borgen, uh, the last 10 minutes of that game had to have dished out a third of the hits to our total. I mean, it might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but he was just, he was, he was trying to win the game, you know, and they all were, and it showed. And that speaks volumes going into this next round, you know, and Dallas, you know, I know we're going to talk about them in a minute, but I'm really looking forward to that. Um, that's going to be a good one. A little bit of a, a little bit of a beef there with those three games we played with them earlier that year. So that'll be good. Yeah, those were two, you know, two overtime games. I mean, uh, that that that's true. They were they were one and one and two versus the Dallas. Two of them were overtimes. One one of those they lost. One of those they won. Um, and one in Dallas again. Our our good old road team here. Um, Jim, let me ask you something, and Nathan, chime in if if you're like. I mean, we. <clears throat> We at Kraken Fancast have a little reputation of playfully, I like to think, of being, you know, critical of, of some of Dave Hackstall's moves and things and stuff he, he's done. And, you know, uh, you know, I think we were more so last year, but, you know, sometimes we bring it up and all. What's he doing right, though? You know, because because this is the thing we're talking about how playoff is very different. So you almost have to arguably the coaching staff has to approach it perhaps depending on the team that they're working with, but, you know, approach it differently than they did in the regular season. So what's going right here on the coaching end? Okay. That's a loaded question when you break it down, really. Um, Look, a lot of what's going on has to do with these guys with two years under their belt now, pretty much two seasons under their belt. First year, we all know what happened. There was a lot of things going on COVID year, uh, no team bonding, any of that, all that shit is huge. That team bonding side of thing. That's why <clears throat> this second year, it's almost like it's a makeup year for that. And hence, here we are, road warriors, right? Um, <clears throat> these guys have learned how to play together. And, uh, you know, I would say it's it's almost more on the top. You know, look, we've got depth, right? Everybody, all the, all the national, everybody media says you got four lines of depth. And you know you need that if you're going to go far in the playoffs, right? You need certain things. There's about five of them. And that's one of them. They've got that. Um, these guys have played together. They're gelling. Even though we've had injuries like uh, Bur- uh, Burkowski out, they've had to build the lines since that happened. Um, McCann, we these guys are stepping up to backfill that role. They're all playing for him right now in, in a sense. you know, We see this happen in the past uh, with teams that lose a player and everybody steps up and advance farther. Um, the team is gelling. That's the big part of it. I... I noticed uh, when Lowry stepped in earlier this year as an assistant, I saw a little bit of a change. I saw a little bit of a soften on the puck pressure system. The forecheck is still the same. It's still heavy duty, super aggressive puck pressure. Um, Same with the defensive zone. The neutral zone has changed a little bit. The gap control is a little more reasonable than I think it was before. Um, And it, it slows it down a little bit. So I think there's been a little bit of morphing going on. uh, And I think it was a collective agreement between you know, the ups and maybe Lowry and whatever, but I don't, I think it's still the, the Haxel system. It's just softened up a little bit where it needed to be. So it didn't get burned and caught in situations because look, playoff hockey, no matter what, how well you're built defensively and your structure is, it's ultimately always going to fall into a run and gun track meet kind of game here and there, just because of the intensity of the play. 
and depending on who you're playing against, that's going to happen, but it can still be at a fairly controlled pace. And that's what you saw in game seven. It was very fast both ways, but it was very well defended in the neutral and in the D zone and kept outside um, people blocking lanes, sticks in lanes, all the good stuff. No, no silly errors. Um, and that's what's going on. They're doing things right over and over enough to get some wins and not have any bad, you know, negative situations going on that are costing them like late, the late, the late goals in a period, the early goals in a period, the, the back to backs, all that shit's gone that we, that we've lived. We lived all last year and we lived parts of this year up front. None of those nasty habits are there. And that's all because they're getting it. So it's a collective of combinations, chemistry, coaching changes, uh, things like this, but it's still his system. And I got to give it to him. It's working. It's good. Um, I can't complain. There we are. I agree. Uh, Jim, you've coached. So my question is when you, when you're in the playoffs now, say, you know, you're, you're in the middle of round one, things are working as a coach. Do you continue how you've been coaching? Do you let off a little bit, kind of let them play, let them do what they've been doing? Do you go harder? How, how, how do you approach that though? When you have something really you're fighting for, it's not, we're not talking about January or, or October, November. We're talking about March and April. Right. It's a great question. So obviously it's working. Keep going. Uh, it's kind of like the Grubauer situation. The guy's hot. He's been hot in the last six weeks of the season. Right. It's, car it's carrying over. He can even afford to have a soft game or not a very good game. And he's still going to get the start next time because that's just where he's in. He's in the groove. Um, you just keep doing what you're doing. But a lot of this will have to do with these guys are now they're just beating the crap out of the video right now, right now on the road. They're, they're watching video. They're no, cause this isn't going to be the same team. No team is the same. Um, I feel that, you know, there's more depth on Dallas. I believe there's more depth. Their decor is all around is better. In my opinion, they're tending technically on paper is better. It should be, you know, if you can knock down the guys like Ben and, um, Robertson, which, by the way, I love that kid. That guy's an amazing hockey player. Um, if you can control that game on your defensive structure with those kind of guys, then you've done your job. You're They're going to break down the individuals a little, little different, you know? So it's a little different than Colorado, but they're going to change it up a little bit. But for the most part, his system is going to stay in place and uh, not going to change. You know, I didn't see any panic out of anybody on that bench, including the coaching staff in that last round. No. So the, that's pretty good. Uh, this will be interesting to see. This is going to be a weird series. I can't really predict it up front. Um, a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, Ottinger and how you can get to him. And because he's got a great record, you know, his numbers oh, yeah. are always two, two point three in the regular season, 2.37 goals against the average. Uh, yeah, I mean, one, one ever, since he, ever since he stepped in the league, you know, his playoff yeah. run, his playoff run last year, and the, it was just sensational. So and they've just got a well-rounded club. I just want to see how physical and ugly it's going to get, too, because you got guys like Jamie Bend. He can be a prick. Um, it should be interesting to see how high the elbows are going to fly in this one. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, Robertson, like you said, like 109 points, that, that kid. I mean, he's... That guy's an, such a great all-around player, man. He yeah, just yeah. quietly kicks ass since he came in the league. And like you said, Ben, lots of skills and, and lots of little nastiness thrown in. Joe Pavelski, the old man. Oh, Mr. Tippin. I mean, Mr. Tippin, exactly. We talked about we that might as well, long, we should, long ago. We should take a, a bet right now, a little pool, how many he's going to get in the whole series. Uh, he he could do it. It wouldn't surprise me. A, yeah, a few of them. And uh, but I mean, there's a, a lot of experience from Pavelski. I mean, they got a lot of guys. I mean, Sagan. I mean, there's there's some guys. They got some young guys, but they got a lot of uh, you know experience on this team too. So, uh, you know, they had a they had a tough series. Although they got, they got it in six games right against Minnesota. Yeah. But uh, for a while, that looked like that series could go either way. So they, they, you know, they can get to them, you know, and and the and the Kraken did. Those were those were, you know, except for one, one they kind of laid an egg on. But two of those three games, Kraken and and Stars were really close games. It could have gone either way. So um, I'm feeling some confidence that this is going to be a good series. Who's going to win? I, I I feel funny about picking that. I mean, I do too. I, Kraken, but it's trying to be realistic here. I could see it going either way, but. How many times do we see the playoffs in the past? Who got hot at the right time? I remember like some seemingly kind of mediocre LA Kings teams of years ago, and they'd move on because all of a sudden, you know, just before the playoffs, they decided to turn turn it to 11 there. And uh, even I remember, you know, some Buffalo Sabres teams way, way back when, you know, there it happens, you know, and often you have that maybe one team that, that, that does that. The Kraken been such a streaky team. You know, we've seen them. Oh, here's a seven, eight game win streak. Oh, and then they're on the way down, you know, and it's just back and forth. And which Kraken team's going to show up? Uh, you know, you, you never know. But if group keeps playing the way he's doing, we've been getting good group lately and all, and, and they, they're they feeling confidence, even losing a four to one game. They came back, they just wiped that away and, 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 and focused and won. So anything's possible. It's going to be a good series. I'm well, like, I'm really looking forward to it too. Well, you know, what I'm just most impressed about that, you got to think about that last series is we took three games in Colorado. <laughs> right. We are freaking road wires and we just got to go with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. First two games are in Dallas. And if we can just have that same defense in game seven and carry that over into Dallas, good things might happen. Good things. Um, like you said, Grubauer, you know, he's been, he's been great. There isn't really one in particular facet of Dallas's game that I really stands out that we need to attack. I think they're a pretty well-rounded team and things aren't going to get any easier. You know, it's not meant, it's not built that way as you move on in, in the, uh, in the spots, it's only going to get harder and harder, faster, stronger, uh, less goals, more goals. You never know, but it's going to be great. Absolutely. Well, so we, uh, we're recording this uh, right before game one. So this will probably come out on the game one uh, day here. The, uh, May 2nd, Kraken and Stars, um, uh, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time in Dallas, um, you know, on all the usuals, uh, you know, ESPN, they'll be showing the CBC um and probably rude i imagine i hopefully i don't know but um anyway it's uh it's it's gonna be great that'll that'll be game uh game one game two on the fourth and i suspect uh sometime over the weekend will be the seattle home game so 
uh, it's going to get loud again in Climate Pledge Arena. You know, it's, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, was, I was saying to myself when I left game, what was it, game six, uh, it, as soon as they got to the empty, empty netter, I was up and out of my seat. So it was my buddy. And, you know, I don't like doing that, but it was just, that wasn't a good game. And I remember getting to the car going, geez, I didn't even get to say bye to my seat partners that are all around us that you've known for the last two years. Cause here I was thinking like, shit, that's it. We're done. I'll never see him. Well, I'm going to see him whenever coming up here. Make sure you say hellos and goodbyes. Yeah, exactly. I will this time. This time I'll redemption. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll we'll check back in, folks. Uh, maybe after uh, game two, three. You know, we'll we'll check in from time to time when we can. And um, I'm just so excited here right now. CL Kraken going on to the second round, essentially the semifinals of the of the Western Conference. So uh, it's it's something. It's so special. And and like you said, uh, Jim, just seeing the whole community get in, even if they're not. And, we, you know, we see this in other, other places, too. You know, you have this team that's doing really well, a local team, and all of a sudden, it just level. It's just how can it not, you know, get in? But this is this is something for a team that, you know, so many people were skeptical. Oh, Seattle, that's not a hockey town. I don't mean to go back into, go back into that <laughs> the history that we like to make fun of, but it's like, oh, man, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I knew it was a freaking hockey town all along. Absolutely. A couple of little bits of news before we wrap up. Uh, Daryl Sutter uh, fired by the Calgary Flames. I guess we were kind of expecting that, or that wasn't wasn't a huge shocker. Um, My Calgary fans were no problem with it. They they've been calling for that kind of stuff for a while. I'll miss his uh, his uh, press conferences. He he, he and uh, Torts always had the most. Oh yeah, he's he's kind of like the Belichick of the NHL, I would say. Yeah, you Sutter. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe with a little bit more humor, though, he's a little, little bit like uh, Popovich. At, uh, but super quiet, right? though, quiet and dry, you know. <laughs> yeah. So great. And just little zingers here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Canadian legend. This is this isn't hockey related, but it kind of is. It is. Guys, a Canadian legend. Uh, I'm sure loved and watched hockey and probably played in some hockey arenas and in between periods. Who knows? I, I don't know. Yeah, I know. He's part of the Canada's uh, fabric. Uh, we want to uh, say rest in peace to the great Gordon Lightfoot, who uh, passed away on the day that we're recording here. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I think 84, if I remember correctly. So he was up there, had a great long life, touring up until very recently. And um, and I got to meet him once. I, can't, I You know, the years fly by, so I could have this off. But I want to say something like, seven, eight years ago, and uh, I was played at the Moore Theater. A friend of mine, uh, Evan Foster, who's in a, been in a number of bands in Seattle, but his most prominent one was a band called the Boss Martians. But his dad had been a, a musician, a folk musician, and he, he and his wife had a little folk duo. And they play around that whole scene, you know, all those old folky, you know, folk clubs, coffee houses and all. And various times they ran into Gordon Lightfoot. And so he had a good, you know, sort of an acquaintanceship. And so they invited me to hang after the show and meet Gordon. And I remember Gordon going up to me. It's like he, everybody's introducing themselves, but, you know, saying, oh, I'm a musician. I'm this band and all of this. And, he, you know, he knew my buddy Evan's father and all that. And so he looks over at me and said, 
you must be the manager. And I'm like, yes, sir. That's kind of, that's pretty much what I am, you know? Uh, and, it, it, you know, actually in a way he's not far off, I guess. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it was nice to meet him. He was a nice guy. He's looking kind of frail there, but when he would get up on stage, still had that voice, still could play. Uh, I'm forgetting the name of his guitar, long, long time guitarist with him. He he was on that tour and he passed away shortly after that. I'm forgetting his name right now, but it was, you know, I can listen to that song Sundown all day long, among many others. So anyway, uh, so kind of indirectly hockey related. We want to uh, send our condolences to all the fans, friends, family of uh, Gordon Lightfoot. All right. So that's it, boys. All right. We'll wrap this up. Seattle Kraken, Dallas Stars coming up. Watch those games. They're going to be great games. Go Kraken. They got to do it. Let's let, let's man, go, boys. Let's, let's visualize round three. Let's just visualize it. Uh, you know, I am right now. You know, I mean, we yes. were, Jim, God bless you. You were saying, all right, we're going to will them to win <laughs> the, the first round so Chris can see. It's okay. <laughs> That's true. We were trying for that. Yeah, the will, and so Florida gets a game or two oh, God. or more. So yeah. we, got our, we got our wish. Ty Cartier got got his way. Oh, I will that goal that. too. By the way, y- you called. You thought he was get a goal? No. Well, remember I I tweeted out. I put my uh, Sue jersey on in name of. Oh right. Ger- yeah. Okay. Let's get back on the Ty. Let's talk about the Ty should, Yeah. Before stuff, we wrap okay? up, let's talk about Ty. So he part. was. Yeah, they called him up for Game Five to replace uh, Jared McCann's injury. Right. So, you know, you can look at a roster and just, you're not going to go, hey, go grab the number one point producer type deal. It's position for position in a sense. Even though Ty is a centerman on paper, he can play the wing. But most importantly, they're he's they're matching his shot. He's got a shot. He's got a heavy, heavy shot. But he's got a heavy game too. He's a bigger guy. He's thick. He's 6'1". He's like two, what are you, well, he's 200 pounds. But he's thick and he, he, he plays the boards. He's not shy to throw his body around. And he comes up. And to replace, and he they put him on the first line. Everyone's like, "Whoa, he's getting first line minutes." Call calls his parents in the morning, uh, or actually text him playing. Just says playing like nine hours before game time. Folks, get on a plane. You know they went to the to the airport. They didn't squabble over price of tickets. They just dropped the money and went. And they arrived. You know he, they had to drive to Toronto, then fly to to uh, Colorado, and they got there three minutes after puck drop. And uh, their son scores a goal off a beautiful play set up from uh, Everly after that stupid play of McKinnon's down in the corner and had a little hissy fit when he tied up his skates with Borgen. Anyway, gets a great, nice pass feed from across the way. Nice one-drop knee, one-timer, bango. And, man, the smile, everybody on the team loving it. He gets the... The Davy Jones hat at the end. He gets the puck. He gets to put it on the board. I don't know if you guys saw that on the post game yeah. Seattle stuff. It's so great, by the way, isn't it? I love yeah. it. That's the real guy. coach Haxtell talks, right? <laughs> anyway, um, Dad, I this. remember Dad was wearing a Sioux Greyhounds. Uh, yes, yes. Hat okay, and Mom was wearing a Coachella hat. Valley, yes, which is so cool. And so, by the way, so leading up to that, when I heard they announced that, I go, you know what? I've got a Sioux jersey upstairs with Jerry McCann's name on the back of it. So I go, I'm putting that on, and it's making sense because McCann got injured. Ty Carte played for the Sioux. So this is this is working. And you know, there's a huge Sioux OHL connection on this on this cracking team because of Ronnie Francis. You know, he played there. 
I don't know if you noticed it, but he's, for some reason, he's heavy on the OHL draft guys. You know, when you look at what we've drafted so far. Anyway, there's, it was a little karma going on there. I put it all on and I, I said, I'm willing Ty Carte's first tally NHL goal tonight by this combo. And sure enough, he got it. And like, yeah. <laughs> a nice snipe too, man. Oh God. That, the play by everyone, just everything about it. There's a sour face of McKinnon in the corner, the little crybaby. <laughs> the, the beautiful move by um, Everly. And then that great one knee drop one time. Bango. And the parents in the crowd, like, so surprised. I love that stuff. I could watch that stuff all day long. I agree. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna expect uh, more tweets out of you then. Yeah, keep going, going with that. What, 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 you know me. I'm always tweeting. <laughs> you know me. I'm always tweeting that stuff. Well, speaking of tweeting, uh, follow us at Cast Kraken on Twitter, folks. Also, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Kraken Fancast. Or you can also uh, get our episodes at SeattleCrackandFanCast.com, also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll be back in a few days with more playoff talk. So, for Nathan and Jim, I'm Chris Porter. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, we say, Go Go Crackin'!